Hey, Marie. How's it going? I'm going good. How are you? I am uh, doing great. It's been, we took a week off, right? We took and a week this off. This is us getting back. So yeah, how's it been of Llama Life the last couple of weeks? It's been okay. So yeah, two weeks. And I think the last time we spoke, I was talking about some new feature that we were making. It's a randomized kind of feature. The problem it's trying to solve is that people find it really hard to start certain tasks. Mm -hmm. If you can't decide which task you want to start or you just are procrastinating on it, you can hit a button and we will pick a task for you. And there's some cool animations. It kind of shuffles around. It picks one. It makes it really big on the screen and goes, this is the task you're going to do. Can you commit to doing this for 10 minutes or whatever? It's like of your list of tasks. It's yes. like suggesting which one you should do right now. Got yeah. It. So, oh, And say, you know, maybe you've got like three or four tasks. You're like, I don't want to do any of these, but <laughs> I'll do whatever one you pick. Right. You know, if someone else tells you, maybe you'll do it. So it's really meant to help you just get over that decision. I don't know what it's called, if it's decision fatigue or whatever, but just get going. Just start. I really like this feature. I kind of want it for myself. That's why we're making it. And we had a lot of customers email about it as well, just saying to us, like, I can't start, I can't start. So we're hoping this will help. The feature is pretty much done. It's been done for about two weeks, actually. But we kind of hit this snag, which is Llama Life is a really simple looking, minimalist looking app. There are lots of settings and features behind the scenes but when you interact with it it's super minimalist by design because it's a focused it's a, a product that helps you focus so we don't want to clutter up your interface we don't want to make you feel overwhelmed so we're trying to keep that feeling and i guess what happened was like we have this one feature now and we need to add a button for this feature and somehow adding this one button tipped it over and i'm looking at it going this feels like too much and I know that sounds so silly because it's just one little button and people are like, why don't you just chuck it here or whatever? And I'm like, no, like you don't understand, like it's too much. Then I started trying to redesign some of the app to fit this button in. And the other thing is with, with our product, a lot of our customers, you know, including myself, have ADHD. And if you hide a feature behind a button somewhere for someone with ADHD, sometimes like people will never find it. Right. Because it sort of has to be more in your face. Like it has to be present, like out of sight, out of mind, basically. That's at least how I operate. So I'm trying to put it somewhere that's not hidden, that's very obvious, but I don't want to crowd it. So I went on this whole thing where I redesigned a bunch of things. I went back to my design tools because normally I design straight in the browser, but I was like, no, it's not working. Let me go back to, I use Sketch. It's pretty old, but I don't know. It works. I use Figma these days, but I used to love Sketch for sure. Yeah. I just never moved on from Sketch because, you know, it kind of works. And I'm like, I know how to use it, whatever. And I don't use it that often. So I was like, I'm going to go back to Sketch, play around. I did a mock-up. I'm like, yeah, cool. This looks good. Like good enough. And then I started coding it. And I'm like, yeah, I really like the look of this. And then I started using it, like properly using it because it was all coded and everything. And I'm like, oh my God, I hate it. <laughs> oh no. And so like now I'm, I think I'm getting there, but the last two weeks have been kind of this design back and forth. Like, I think we're going to do this. So then I'm sort of pulling it back and creating it, liking it in, in a design, but then creating it and not liking it. And then last night, so I've got my dev version and then I've got the production version, the live version. Last night I was using the live version just because I have like a, a preset list on there, like a template. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I love this. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I hated the dev version I was working on. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, so <laughs> that's kind of what's been happening. There's a lot of other stuff too. But for me, I guess directly, that's one thing I've been dealing with. Also, I tweeted about this, but like I had a really bad week last week, just mentally, just feeling worn out, like a bit drained and stuff. Hmm. I'm all right now, but I think it was because I ate too much ice cream. <laughs> did I tell you this? I did tell you a little bit. Yeah, off, you're off telling from. me you got the Magnums, right? Yeah, I got the Magnums. <laughs> so one of my friends got me, I don't normally eat ice cream, but they got me back into ice cream and I was buying Magnums, I don't know, four in a box or whatever, not the mini ones, the big ones. And I think I had eight ice creams in eight days, actually yeah. eight ice creams in seven days. Cause one day I had two. Right. And it really messed me up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Too much sugar and too many crashes, really unfocused, really moody, a bit more reactive on stuff. I will say the last three days I've been eating really well and I feel like much better. Yeah. I feel like when I was younger, I felt like I could eat anything and I still like my metabolism was like so good that I never had any problem there. And it just never really seemed to affect me. Like I never, it was never... I never had like the next day and like, oh, I feel terrible because of what I ate. It's like, no, I could eat like eight bowls of cereal. And then the next day I felt great. And there's like no problem. And then it's all of that is now, you know, in the past few years starting to catch up. And it's like, no, I have to be careful with every meal because that will affect kind of like you're saying that could affect my mood for like a whole nother day where it just like gets you in this place and you're like stuck. Like, what did I eat that is making Mm -hmm. me feel this way? But I do have to say those magnums are delicious. So I oh, can't I can't so blame good. you. They're so good. <laughs> they're so good. There's another one in Australia called Connoisseur. Mm. They're probably better than Magnums, I think. It's the same kind of thing. Super yeah. thick. Like like the chocolate on the outside, but really thick, creamy. Oh. Now <laughs> now we're talking about it. I kinda want one, but I've decided if I don't have them in the house, then I won't eat them. Ah, uh, yeah. It can't be in the house because if they're in the house it's too easy just to go and get one. And to your point, I can sort of eat, I was going to say I can eat whatever I want, but I think it is changing as I get older. But I used to be able to eat whatever I want. And the thing is, like, I don't really put on weight. So there's no outward physical deterrent, like, oh, my God, I ate so much ice cream, I'm, I'm putting on weight. Right. That doesn't happen. But it is messing with me mentally. Yeah, I will say like years ago, I, I had a really bad habit with soda and like I would just drink like several sodas every single night. At night? Yeah, just like in the evening, like sitting on the couch, watching a show, have a soda, have another soda and then one more before bed maybe. But the one thing I did, I was like, I'm not going to try and enforce a new rule of not drinking soda. I'm just not going to buy it. Mm-hmm. So if I'm out and about, you know, if I'm at the friend's house and they offer me a soda, I'll take it or whatever yeah. at a party. Like I didn't make any hard rule. I was just like, I'm just not going to buy it so that it's not here. And that uh, it was huge change. Like I, that was I was old enough at the time, kind of like what I was saying, that I've noticed immediately that like, oh, this I feel so much better. I don't feel just like, you know, because it's just so much sugar. Sugar, yeah. Yeah, it was was no good. And so that that could be the thing right there. Just sort of like getting it so that it's not available makes it so much easier Mm. to avoid those things. But you, anyway, you you talking about all the uh, ice cream is making me want some. So I think maybe we should shift the topic. (laughs) Um, I did have a few thoughts. You were talking about the feature you're working on. Yeah. I think that's one of the hardest things when you're adding a new feature 
And then it's like, okay, cool. How, where do I put this? You're like kind of balancing these different things. Cause like one, you want it to be discoverable so that someone's going to find this feature Mm -hmm. when they want it and when they, so that they can use it. But you can't have like, you know, it's the, uh, from what is it? The Incredibles. Like if everyone is special, then that just means no one is. And like, that's how it kind of feels when you have like all your buttons are like in your face. It's like, well, then it's just noise. It's like too much. And so it's definitely a tricky balance. And that's where kind of the patterns of having like the hamburger menu come into play. And on one hand, it makes sense. And on the other hand, it just feels like a junk drawer of like all these random things. You know, the hamburger. Oh, my God. I felt <laughs> I almost I entertained the idea. Jesse. I was like and I, I, I did. I entertained it. And I'm like, don't do it. I hate it so much. But I did think about it. Not going to do it. It's inevitable. It's coming. It's right around the corner. I mean, hold it off as long as you can. Yeah. But that hamburger menu, it's it, it's coming. Uh, it's <laughs> such a junk drawer. You're, you're so right. Like, like some people might be thinking, why don't you just ship it? You know, like just put the button in, just ship it. I agree to some degree. But <laughs> the thing with Llama Life is the whole product, like the USP, like the unique part of Llama Life is that it creates this feeling of being calm. It helps you focus and get stuff done. So it's not so much a a product where you can just chuck in a billion features. Like we're trying to design, like part of the product is designing the experience, right? like the user experience of the product. If it was a different product where maybe the UI UX wasn't as important as the unique part of this product, then I might just launch it. If we do something that breaks the feeling of the product, which is the selling point, that hurts us. So I need to be really careful about it in terms of how we we put it together. So that, yeah, because I think if you don't know the product, you might be going, well, it's just a button. Like, why did this one button just push everything? Like, what? why did this become a tipping point that you have to redesign the thing? It's because the nature of this app is all about experience and helping someone feel good about doing the things they don't want to do, which is a really, really hard problem because people don't want to do their to-do list. Like they don't, they're finding, they're struggling with these tasks. We have to create something that's going to be so good, so fun that they will actually want to use the product and use the product to get work done. That's the tricky thing. That's why people love the app too. Yeah. It's all about kind of creating that experience that allows people to get that stuff done. And so I think it's great that you take a lot of care and sort of like cultivating that and thinking about and caring about that experience. I think that's uh, really important, but it does make it tricky when you're just like, technically I have a solution. Like this thing is launchable, yep. but it's just not right yet. Like you're, you haven't found whatever that thing is where it just suddenly feels, you know, that I'll know it when like I'm using it and I feel, and then it's like, oh, this is it. And you just kind of have to hit that sweet spot somehow. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. I would say the feature itself is still MVP. Mm-hmm. The feature itself still needs work. So it's not like we've gone all out and tried to perfect that feature before launching. It's more just the actual insertion of that feature is disrupting the whole balance of the app. Right. And it's like what you said earlier. It's like sometimes the hardest thing is not creating the feature, but it's thinking about how does this feature fit with all the other features in the app? not just in terms of feature set, but also experience in terms of looks, in terms of like, does it actually make sense where it is? Yeah, so that's the tricky thing. I feel like that's really underrated. Like, where does it fit? 
Yeah, I feel like I've worked to places in the past where people didn't get that. Like they just kind of didn't care about that. And I was like, that's like, that's the most important part. <laughs> like to me, I th- like it just like ate me up inside knowing like when we were like forced to ship things and like that sort of like thinking about the user experience like wasn't even on part of the agenda, which just seems like that. I think that's so important. That's the whole point mm-hmm. of the whole thing that you're doing. And so it's wild to me when people kind of don't take that into uh, consideration. Yeah. So hopefully next week we'll have some some good updates. We're planning to launch next week. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> what have you been doing? I was out last week for like a work trip. And then uh, this week has been busy. I'm working real hard on the book. I'm like right on like that, the tail end of it. And so probably this weekend, I'll probably, so we're recording on Friday. So probably this weekend, I'll be wrapping that up and sending off for uh, copy edits, which Oh man, that'll be, that'll feel great. And then uh, the other thing. Is that the last round of edits? It will be, so it's the last round of edits and then I have proofreading. So he'll do, my editor will do the the line editing where he's just kind of going line by line, making sure the grammar is correct, all those sorts of things. And then after that, I put it into, like I actually do the layout in a book and then I print that and give that to a proofreader. Because you don't want the proofreader to see it until it's sort of laid out in a book so that they can catch anything yeah, that yeah, happens yeah. there. Yeah, because the layout can affect the way they're reading it. Like how many words on the page, the spacing, all that stuff. Yeah, there's could, all that sort of stuff that yeah. could. There's a lot of opportunities for things to get messed up. You want to make sure somebody is proofing it after you've done that. So that'll be sort of the next step. And hopefully, like I've done some early like... I'm using uh, Adobe InDesign for that, which I've used before. I haven't used it in in a while, but I have used it before. So I've done a little bit of like test layout. So I have kind of a general idea. you have to do the layout? You have to do it yourself? I mean, I could hire somebody to do it, but I know InDesign. And so, and I'm, you know, control freak. So I want to be able to make (laughs) all those little decisions. I'm doing that work myself. And then I've done a little bit of testing to sort of get an idea like, you know, what are the illustrations going to look like in there? What are the, how many words are going to go on a page and all that. And yeah. that's, that's the fun stuff. I'm really enjoying it. Cause I get to be, like I said, like control freak of like how all that stuff's going to lay out. Please put enough spacing between lines because I think someone with ADHD, I have a real hard time reading. I think one of the biggest challenges is when I go from line to line, like finding my place on the next line mm-hmm. when it's, when a book's not spaced, enough line to line I am like oh my god well first of all I look at a page and I'm like oh my god there's a big wall of text and then yeah I can't get through it and then I lose my place I don't really want to be one of those people reading with my finger like you know (laughs) but I use well I don't read a lot in general because of this but but when I do read I use my kindle and I put the the line spacing like really big Mm -hmm. and I also make the column really narrow because it's easier to like go down the page and then go left, right, left, right, left, left, right. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. There's a really well-known ADHD book that I got and I tried to read it and I got to like page, I don't know, page 12 or something. And like I flipped to that page and one page was an entire paragraph. Like the paragraph didn't fully fit on the page. And I looked at it and I tried to read it for a minute and then I was just like, I'm never going to read this book. I can't, if... Like the rest of the book is anything like this where like a paragraph can fill an entire page page. is like this book is not for me. (laughs) So that's definitely something I'm trying to kind of stay aware of because I find that even like that's kind of an extreme example. But I'll find that in other books where it's just like 
big paragraph after big paragraph after big paragraph with nothing to break it up. Like yeah. I can't read like that, which is one of the reasons I like reading stuff that's online because a lot of that is formatted. Mm-hmm. Paragraphs are usually are often like smaller. Like you'll have like one sentence paragraphs that kind of like break up in between longer paragraphs and stuff like that. But I'm kind of leaning that way with my books so that it's kind of broken up a lot and there's never that wall of text because that just yeah. like freezes me. And I don't want anyone to feel like that reading, you know, this book that's meant for people with ADHD, people with ADHD (laughs) should feel like they can read it. So that's definitely kind of a goal, which is the same reason why like chapters are short, a lot shorter. You've got images, illustrations. Yeah, a lot of illustrations. Like I'm trying to do, and I use a lot of like bullet points where it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm I'm really trying to, I want it to be a book that I would open and feel like, oh, I can read this. This feels like a comfortable read, an easy read. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's the page goal. Turn, like you can just flip through it. Hopefully that's what I achieve. But that'll be kind of once I, yeah, once I get the stuff back, that's kind of what I'll be doing. There's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, totally. There's a lot that goes into it. The other thing that has been sort of taking my time this week is Blue Sky. So I got, there was a, the hubbub that happened a couple of weeks ago where all the Substack links were blocked on Twitter there's kind of like a bit of chaos happening around that. And at that same time, Blue Sky announced, like they tweeted or something and said, hey, if, you, if you're a Substack writer, reach out and we can get you an invite to Blue Sky. And so I did that and I was able to get an invite. And I kind of, I think we mentioned it in a couple of weeks ago. And at the time when I logged in, I think I said it was like, felt like the cool kids club. Because it was just yeah. sort of like, there weren't that many people there and they all like, it just seems sort of like really, I don't know, pleased with themselves. Like we're so cool over here in Blue Sky. And so I kind of didn't, wasn't really loving it. But then in the past like week, a lot more people got invited in. So a lot of like the the user base grew a lot. And so that mm-hmm. kind of vibe that I was getting initially, like that kind of went away, even though mm. those people are still there and they, they seem much cooler now. I think it was just like, it was so small, like tight knit that they kind of felt yeah. like cool kids club a little bit. And now I'm like totally loving it. And it really feels like this could be like the the actual Twitter 2.0. Like it feels like a almost direct replacement for Twitter. Like it's missing some things. Like it doesn't have direct messages yet. And they're working Mm -hmm. on like moderation tools like blocking. But in general, the vibe is very much Twitter, which I love Twitter, you know, pre-Elon Twitter. And so (laughs) I'm very excited with uh, how that's been going. I definitely agree with you about it feels like Twitter. So, so um, you know, I got in because you got in, so because you invited me across. And so I've been on it for about five days now. And I think my first impression, yeah, is exactly what you said. Like it feels just like Twitter in the early days. It looks like Twitter. I actually did a screenshot of Blue Sky and put it on Twitter saying, hey, I'm on Blue Sky. Come and find me if you're you know, here, like a lot of people commented back, like, oh, I thought it was just a Twitter screenshot, like of your Twitter <laughs> profile. Cause I set it up exactly the same way, mm-hmm. same profile picture, same banner picture. Yeah. It definitely feels like Twitter on the surface. Like that's, you know, obviously blue sky is, is more than the app that we're using. It's the, the protocol underneath it and stuff, but for the lay person and I'm um, including myself in that definition, it, it just feels like Twitter. Like it just, mm-hmm. it has got momentum. Like it feels like there's energy when you're scrolling around in there. You, you, I'm definitely not getting as many likes and comments and retweets, whatever, than Twitter, but it doesn't really matter. Like it just feels like it's vibrant Yeah, and in, yeah, a, yeah. in a way that Mastodon didn't. 
Right. Yeah, it's been really interesting because, yeah, obviously we've kind of had a lot of these different things happening since Twitter's been going through its drama. Like Mastodon was kind of the big one. Subsect Notes, which we talked a lot about mm-hmm. a lot last time. Um, I still really enjoy that, but it does feel a lot more like writer focused, mm-hmm. whereas Blue Sky feels like, oh, this is just like a new like there's there's a bunch of cool stuff going on uh, that I want to talk about kind of with the protocol. But on the surface for like like you're saying, like the layperson that's just like, oh, what's this? Let me sign up. Oh, it feels like Twitter. And like you're saying, it feels vibrant. And there's a lot of people like coming over that's really making it feel like, oh, this could be it. Like Bloomberg is over there. James Drill. Gunn. Yeah, James Gunn is over there. AOC, the We yeah, Rate yeah, Dogs yeah. account is over there. Yeah, yeah. And you're starting to, I think when I was there a couple weeks ago when I first joined, there wasn't that, and there also wasn't like very many diverse types of communities. Just like, it was like a lot of kind of tech people. It was like, they were all kind of the same community sort of thing. And now it's like, well, there's a lot of people in the ADHD community because mm-hmm. they're like Danny Donovan is there, Jessica McCabe, yep, uh, yeah. ADHD alien. Like a lot of those people are there now. And then there's yeah, also yeah, yeah. like in the React and kind of also entrepreneur, entrepreneur however you say that word, <laughs> like that community is happening too. Like our recalls over there, um, Michelle Hansen, who we had on the show a few months ago, she's there. And then with React, like Kent C. Dodds, uh, West Boss, there's yep, a ton yep, of these yep. people that are all joining. And so you're starting to see it become more that like, I don't know if this is the right use of the term, but like the melting pot of like that Twitter has where it's like, oh, these are all my kind of different types of communities that I care about all sort of mixed together, which feels really cool. And I really like that vibe. And even, you know, to your exact point, like, so I've only been on it about five days. And when I first got on it, I, my first impression was like, oh, I can't find any of my friends. And it's a very um, heavy tech developer, software developer vibe, Mm. which makes sense because it was so early and like they're building the product and obviously inviting the people they know and they only have, I, th- I think right now, there's still less than 50,000 users total, which is so it's like a drop in the bucket compared to like Twitter, or whatever. I don't even know what they have. But in the last five days, so that was maybe me day one. Mm-hmm. And in the last five, five, six days, I've seen so many of my Twitter, they're tech and they are devs, but they're more like startup founder or bootstrapped founder. You know, I'm, I've got a small team. I'm a solo entrepreneur or I've got a small team, small mm-hmm. business, and I'm coming over. I have seen so many come over just in the last five, six days. Yeah. That it feels like, because at the beginning I was like, oh, it's very, very tech, very dev focused. And then now I'm like, oh, my friends are actually, are actually here. So there is some weird like tipping point. I think we're witnessing like this could be a Twitter replacement, which is kind of what people want. It's like Twitter 2.0. You know, there's obviously the future stuff because of the because of the protocol, but in the short term, I think it's more like people just want Twitter 2.0. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that seems it seems to be filling that gap. The problem is that it's invite only. And as soon as I posted that I was on Blue Sky, people were like, "Can I have an invite? Can I have an invite? Can I have an invite?" I haven't mm-hmm. heard the word invite like so many times <laughs> in such a short time. It was just like invite, invite, invite. And it's so weird because like all these random people as well, can I have an invite? I'm like, why would I invite? First of all, I don't have any invites. Secondly, if I did, I'd probably invite my friends, not like some random person who I've never seen before, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And you only got one invite after two weeks, right? Yeah. So that's the way they're rolling out very slowly where it's just, yeah, every two weeks you get one invite code. And so... Unless you're like super famous and that might give you... Like people that have been like really active, I think they've like done like some like invite code drops or something where they'll give somebody like 20 codes and things like that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah so I, yeah, I think the, the cool thing about it is that it feels like it's just Twitter. I do think some of the stuff behind the scenes is really cool. Like one, it's like the promise of using the protocol that like AT protocol is that you could have account portability. So like right now, like Blue Sky, it's oh the other thing is it's supposed to be federated kind of the way Mastodon works, but a little bit different, meaning that they're like right now when you sign up, you're signing up for like bsky.social. Like that's kind of like where the main server is. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. then eventually there can be additional servers that will all like connect together um, through like the protocol and stuff. And so, but you know, what's different? Like, so yes, federated thing, picking the server is so, is very similar to Mastodon, but the experience of signing up was 180 degrees from Mastodon in that. Yeah. So much. I was so confused with Mastodon. I think a lot of people (laughs) were, and like, I'm tech savvy and I was still confused. I'm like, I don't get it. Like, can I change servers later? They said yes. And then there's all this weird stuff, but with blue sky, this is the beauty of it. Same concept with the federated servers but they just reduced like they didn't they didn't make me choose stuff they restricted the number of decisions you had to make mm-hmm. and i basically was i think a few clicks i think i signed up in 30 seconds literally right yeah uh-huh. that's it like and i was in the way it's currently set up i don't know how this will change but the way it's currently set up is like it's just like any other social media site that you would sign up for yeah, other than mastodon you just yeah, like yeah. jump in Try a username. Oh, that's not available. Do a different one. Oh, that's available. Cool. I've got it. Done. And then technically the way it works is like your username is like at your username dot bsky dot social. So like when I first signed up, I was at adhdjesse.bsky dot social. But that effectively means that like you can do like at adhdjesse just like you would anywhere else. And then they have this other thing where you can do, I don't know, we don't need to get too technical, but you can also verify yourself through your domain. And so yeah, I've I done that. that was super cool. Yeah, it's a very, very cool, very clever way to do verification because I don't have to have any third party verify. I own adhdjesse.com. And mm-hmm. so I can use add a DNS text record there that simply verifies that, yes, this is like, it's me. And so mm-hmm. now that's my username. I no longer have the bsky.social. I just have at adhdjesse.com. Yep. The difference is like, it's kind of small between like having, cause like the Mastodon works and it's like at username, at domain. And here it's like having the single at makes it just so much cleaner and not just like I, the heavy burden of like thinking about Mastodon. This, we've come full circle, but this is back to like, going back to, to design stuff, like we we're talking about at the beginning with my new feature. Right. This one thing, all right, this at symbol, it's such a small thing, but it's like, it makes me think or feel differently if I see two at symbols like with Mastodon versus one at symbol, which I'm used to, which is a handle and that's it. That's mm-hmm. one thing. And then you've got dot bsky.social, but it still feels like one handle. This is like a little design thing, which totally m- makes a difference in the way I view or how complex I think this thing is. And it's just like one symbol. <laughs> Yeah, but it totally like that is a great point. It's it, I think it's really easy. Like if someone's like a huge fan of Mastodon, I'm sure they might be saying like, it's basically the same thing. Like, why is this such a big deal? 
But the reality is it is a big deal. Having that extra at symbol in there totally change it. You're like trying to think of it like adds this complexity to thinking about something that's as simple as a handle. It's a bit like um, when you design an app, just use common user patterns. Like people always say, don't reinvent the wheel because there's certain things a user expects when they're interacting with an, with an app that they expect, you know, I don't know, if I press this button, like this will happen. If I see a settings cog and I press it, I know that's going to go to settings. Right. Um, you know, if, if I, I see, see those three lines, I am oh, going to see the menu. Some <laughs> hamburger menu. Like I expect there's going to be a thing sliding out the side and I'm going to see like options within that. Like, Right. We were like, we were just talking at my at job today. We were talking about like what users expect from like when you open an app and it has the t like icons along the bottom, like what happens yeah. when you tap that icon? And we were talking about like, it shouldn't like if, if I tap an icon on the bottom, it shouldn't open a modal. Like that's not what I mean. No, it should go to a different a page, page in that yeah. app. Right. Exactly. And there's just those patterns that are just sort of like unsaid, but everybody just sort of knows them and expects yeah. them to work a certain way. You're sort of hurting yourself by not using those common design patterns. But at the same time, I kind of, everything sort of feels the same, you know, like every app has this tab bar down the bottom mm -hmm. and the settings at the top and, or the profile account thing at the top. And I sort of hate that as well, but <laughs> I guess the, I guess the key is you want to leverage design patterns, but not, I don't know, but still feel different in some way. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And, and at some point someone's got to invent some new design patterns, right? Like, I don't know. I've been thinking about well, that this actually kind of, I mean, we should be wrapping up. Yeah. And that reminds me of like one of the most exciting times of Twitter for me was way back in the early days when there was third party apps. And so you had, you had Twitterific and you had yeah. Tweetbot yeah, Tweet and then yeah. you had uh, Tweety. Tweety and was loved, my first. Yeah. So there was like all first. these <laughs> different apps. And it was this really fun playground because kind of what you're saying, there's like, there was one set of expectations, but there was also this like free reign, like no one had done a Twitter app before. Like this is a whole different thing. And so people were trying out different things. And like, I remember when pull to refresh was invented. Tweety. Like, Tweety and Tweety I think it was Tweety it. 2. Tweety 2, I think added it. Cause yeah. before all of the apps had the little like button up there, like a little refresh arrow that yeah. you would have to tap. Yeah, yeah. And then the Tweety brought sound. in pull to refresh and totally changes the whole game. I mean, now it's maybe problematic, the pull to refresh, because it's such like a dopamine hit, but it was, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. such a fun time back then. And that's another thing that really excites me about Blue Sky is because it's built on a protocol, there's already people building third-party apps and there's no, like they can't take it away like Twitter did because it's not like through some paid API. Like it's, you can build on the protocol and all you can do all sorts of like somebody's building a MySpace clone that's based on the protocol protocol. And there's all this really cool stuff that I'm really excited to see how this kind of plays out over yeah. you know, the next while. As and you're kind of making me want to want to build like a blue sky. Client. Oh, I want to like build something a, so bad uh, <laughs> I, just so I can make it look exactly how I want. But, mm -hmm. you know, I'm. I got and, and you can do the custom algorithms too. Like that's another thing that's really exciting. Oh, so instead yeah. of just having like, uh, what is it on Twitter? The for you feed. You can ha you can yeah. customize it. So somebody's already set up. So you can have a custom feed that only shows you things that are positive. So it like you know does like some sort of scan of the text so that it's like happy vibes. Or it can be where it only shows you. It'll show you like the most recent one post from everybody so it'll be a timeline so you can kind of see what everyone you're following is doing 
And like, there's all this like, and that's just like the very beginning of this custom algorithm sort of stuff. You can't do that now on Blue Sky, but it's just a it's outside of Blue. Sky. Out, it's on it's the protocol. within the protocol. The protocol. Yeah. So yeah, there's yeah. like a third party app that does this, and they're talking about how, I believe it was just today that they were talking about how within the Blue Sky app, you'll likely be able to adjust how the because right now it's the what's hot I think tab. And they, it's a very simple algorithm, but that's something they say will likely you'll be able to select like multiple types of algorithms to kind of what you prefer to be there. I don't know. It's it's a very exciting time because I think there's going to be a lot of things. Or maybe no algorithm, you know, fun. just like show me the most recent. That's it. That's the default in Blue Skies. So the default is just the people you follow, and yeah, just the the timeline. The timeline. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm super excited for it, and it's cool to see yeah the evolution and stuff. And I. I uh, hope it just continues in uh, the way these positive vibes, the way I'm feeling right now. The, the thing that gets me excited about it is the pace, the the mm -hmm. speed at which they're getting, they're, they're adopting new users. And, you know, a lot of that is, is in their control now because there is more demand than supply of invites, mm -hmm. right? So if they want to grow, they just chuck out more invites because people actually want, want to join. Mm -hmm. It's a very tricky balance, but... I guess they have that experience because, you know, Blue Sky did spin out of Twitter several years back. So they kind of know what it takes to grow community and a network. Mm -hmm. But they're, they're definitely ahead right now in terms of that demand, which is, like I said, in the past week just feels like so many people going over. It's, it's exciting. I think last week you might have ended by saying, like, watch this space. And I think that we're saying that again <laughs> now with Blue Sky. Because it, feel, yeah, it yeah, feels yeah. like they're like in a week or two, it's going to a whole lot of things will have changed again. Yeah. Oh, actually, because last week we were talking about Substack Notes. Because mm -hmm. oh, actually, sorry, two weeks ago because we had a, we yeah, had a two break. Yeah, two weeks ago. But, and now, now we're talking about Blue Sky. <laughs> Who knows what next week is going to bring. Watch this space again. <laughs> on awesome. that note. Yeah, on that note, it's great up. to chat. So uh, we will be back next week. So mm -hmm. I'll see you then. Cool. See ya.